today for just a little while. I do feel like I have a message from the Lord. It's weighed on my heart for quite some time. And uh, in fact, the Wednesday that the flood happened here at the church, I was supposed to preach that night. And this was the message I was going to preach that night. It's kind of ironic, but we're going to go ahead and go to the word of the Lord. Haggai chapter 1. Haggai chapter 1. We'll begin reading at verse 4. You're reading in the NLT, so it's going to be a little bit different, but perhaps it'll give us a clearer understanding this morning of what we're trying to say. Haggai chapter 1, begin reading at verse 4. It says, Why are you living in luxurious houses while my house lies in ruins? You have planted much, but harvest little. You eat, but are not satisfied. You drink, but are still thirsty. You put on clothes, but you cannot keep warm. Your wages disappear as though you were putting them in pockets filled with holes. Anybody ever been there before? Amen. Now go up into the hills and bring down timber and rebuild my house. Then I will take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. You hoped for rich harvests, but they were poor. Verse 9, and when you brought your harvest home, I blew it away. Why? Because my house lies in ruins, says the Lord of heaven's armies, while all of you are busy building your own fine houses. Haggai chapter 2, verses 3 through 9, it says, Does anyone remember this house, this temple, in its former splendor? How in comparison does it look to you now? It must seem like nothing at all. But now the Lord says, Be strong, Zerubbabel. Be strong, Jeshua, son of Jehozadak, the high priest. Be strong, all ye people still left in the land. And now get to work, for I am with you, says the Lord of heaven's armies. My spirit remains among you. Just as I promised when you came out of Egypt, so do not be afraid. For this is what the Lord of heaven's army says. In just a little while, I will again shake the heavens and the earth, the oceans and the dry land. I will shake all the nations and the treasure of all the nations will be brought to this temple. I will fill this place with glory says the Lord of heaven's armies. The silver is mine and the gold is mine, says the Lord of heaven's armies. The future glory of this temple will be greater than its past glory, says the Lord of heaven's armies. And in this place, I will bring peace. I, the Lord of heaven's armies, have Spoken. This morning, for just a little while, I want to talk to you on the subject Flip this house. Flip 
this house. Can we go to the Lord in prayer one more time? Lord, I love you. God, I thank you so much for bringing me here today one more time to worship you. God, I pray right now that your anointing would rest upon me. God, anoint these feeble lips of clay. God, that your word might go forth. God, I pray that you would soften our hearts to receive your word today, God. And we give you glory and honor and all the praise. In the wonderful name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. You could be seated. There are people out there who call themselves flippers. They take homes that have been run down, outdated, uncared for, or even abandoned. And they tear them down to the bones and do a complete remodel. They take what once was and make it livable again. They take what looked like havoc and made a home. They buy it for practically nothing and they sell it for much more. They remodel each room and fix it up nicer than perhaps it has ever been. And they flip it. They flip the look and they flip its worth. What once was a home had become what seemed like a war zone. It wasn't cared for. It wasn't looked after. And because no one took care of it, it was a mess. In fact, most of these people that buy these homes don't even realize the full damage until they get down underneath it all. The pipes, the wiring, the foundation, all of the things that may not be seen with the natural eye are in desperate need of maintenance. So the buyer comes in and gets to work. He hires people to come in and to fix this broken down House And he turns it into a luxurious home. Greater life, it is time we rebuild this house. Yes, we are in a remodeling process. Yes, we are fixing some things in our building. But that's not what I'm talking about this morning. He said his house lies in ruins. He said, does anyone remember this house? This temple? And its former splendor. How in comparison does it look to you now? It must seem like nothing at all. But now the Lord says be strong Zerubbabel. Be strong Jeshua the high priest. Be strong all ye people left in the land. And now get to work. For I am with you says the Lord of heaven's army. But preacher, it's a mess. Brother Landon, people don't want this. Our world is lost and we might as well face it. We can't do it alone. Well, that's why he went on to say, my spirit remains among you. Just as I promised when you came out of Egypt or out of bondage. So do not be afraid. For this is what the Lord of heaven army says. In just a little while, I will again shake the heavens and the earth, the oceans and the dry land. I will shake all the nations and the treasure of all the nations will be brought to this temple. I will fill this place with glory, says the Lord of heaven's armies. 
The silver is mine and the gold is mine, says the Lord of heaven's army. The future glory of this temple will be greater than its past glory, says the Lord of heaven's armies. And in this place, I will bring peace. I, the Lord of heaven's armies, have spoken. Greater Life Church, you better get ready for revival. You better open your nets. You better open the doors of your home. And you better get the Bible studies ready. This is not some old school, Old Testament, washed up out with the old context. This still lives to be true today. He said, in just a little while, I will shake all nations and the future will be greater than a ladder. I'm about to flip this house. I know right now it seems like there are problems. Yes, even in the church. Yes, even in the body of Christ. I know right now there is some stuff hidden in my people that they think that no one sees and perhaps that they are getting by with it or so it seems. But this word says in 1 Corinthians 4, so don't make judgments about anyone ahead of time before the Lord returns. For he will bring our darkest secrets to light and will reveal our private motives. But oh, don't you worry because he is not finished yet. We sometimes look around and scratch our heads and wonder. Because it looks like there is an uninterest in God and the things of God. You look at our world and you look at your next door neighbor and the people on your streets and you think to yourself, even if I did go knock on their door and witness to them, they're not interested. Even if I did go tell them about God and the things of God, they're not interested. Not only the world, but it seems the church has no chance. We feel as though we are losing a game of tug of war within the world. We look around and it seems as the world is falling apart before our eyes. We have our doomsday goggles on expecting the worst of the worst. Every time the church seems to take a step, the the world counters with two more. But he said, but he said, and if he said it, I better believe it. He said he was coming back for a church without spot, without blemish, and without wrinkle. I know right now the church seems wrinkled. I know you see spots right now. And you better pray to God that we keep it right or this church will not be the church he was talking about. But we are about to flip this house. We are about to take it to the next level. Revival is about to sweep across this place. You say, well, Brother Landon, how is that going to transpire? I don't think you've seen what I've seen. I don't think you've been through what I've been through. You're right, I haven't. But, but I have a secret to tell you today. It's a new method to most of us in here. Perhaps you've tried it. Maybe you have not. It's rare, but it is still proven. The only way we're going to flip this house is to try some things we may have never tried before. Maybe some smoke and lights. Maybe tear down some walls we have built. Maybe sweep a few things under the rug and practice our candy-coated preaching. I've come to tell you today, no, no, and no. I say again, the only way we are going to flip this house 
is to try some things we may have never tried before. Some good old-fashioned tongue-talking, heaven-touching, earth-shaking, fever-breaking prayer. Some cut-the-TV-off, delete-my-Facebook, shove-the-plate-away-from-my-face fasting. Quit reading the newspaper, the latest blog, the homepage, your daily horoscope, and start reading the Word. Quit doing the practices, the park, and the paradise so you don't miss paradise and get into the house of God. My Lord, if we ever needed a move of God, it is now. If a temple ever needed to be rebuilt, it is now. If there ever needed to be a house of God where someone could find refuge, it is now. We need people who are praying. We need people who are fasting. We need people that fall on their face and say, God, I can't do it without you. We've got to flip this house. It's not the same that it used to be. It's not the same that I've heard stories about. God, we've got to have a move of God and we've got to flip this house today. If we ever needed a flip, it is now. If I'm going to flip this house, I'm going to have to read the Word. Otherwise, I am building a home with no blueprint. I heard something staggering the other day. They said the Bible has been the most sold book ever since its beginning. And now we have Bible apps and children's Bibles and online Bibles. And it has been translated into many languages. It is more accessible now than it has ever been. Yet there has never been a time that it is so unused as it is now. When I heard that, it it, it surprised me, but it didn't surprise me. That it has never been so accessible than it is now. And yet it has never been a time that it is so unused. Some buy it thinking it will protect their home. Some buy it thinking it has magical powers. Some buy it just as they would a WWJD bracelet simply to have as a badge that says, I am a Christian. Church, if we are going to make it, we better read this word. If we want to rebuild this house, we better read the word and read the plan. We better pray. Jesus said in 2 Chronicles 7 and 14, If the world will humble themselves and pray. If those who are doing wicked will wake up and turn around. If the Supreme Court would have ruled a little differently. No. He said, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, then will I hear from heaven and will come and heal their land. You want your land to be healed, you better turn from your wicked ways. You better humble yourself and pray like you know you need to pray. And you better seek His face like never before. In Acts 4 it says, And when they had prayed, not beforehand, not when they gave their two cents on Facebook, not when they watched the news to see if there had been any changes, but when they had prayed... Things began to happen. 
It said, by stretching forth thine hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child, Jesus. And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled together. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and they spake the word of God with boldness. If there was ever an hour that we needed that, we need it today. But it's not going to happen playing on your cell phone. It's not going to happen sitting on the computer for hours a day. It's going to happen when you pray. It's going to happen when you lock yourself up in a closet and say, You know what, God? I'm not going anywhere until I get a move from God. I heard Brother Kilgore, a message that he preached many years ago at Because of the Times. He said he wanted revival desperately for his church. He said he wanted it so bad, and he said there's more than one way to kill this flesh. So in the middle of summer, he climbed up into his attic, and he said, I'm not coming out of this attic until I feel that God has told me we're going to have revival. And he said, I prayed for hours. I don't even know how long it was. He said, but I prayed. And I prayed, and I was sweating, and I prayed. I was weak, and I prayed. I was tired, and I prayed. But when I came out of that attic, I had a word from God that said, We are going to see revival. He said, I saw revival month after month. It seemed like it wasn't slowing down. We were baptizing people left and right. That's what happens when you pray. That's what happens when you put yourself in a position and say, God, I know it's not the popular thing. God, I know not everybody's doing it, God, but I've come today to pray. Not just a little lay me down to sleep prayer, but God, I've come to touch the throne of God. I've come to touch your nail-scarred hands today. I've come seeking your face, God, like never before. God, I know that when I pray, something happens. God, just as it did then when they prayed and the place was shaken where they were assembled and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. The day you quit praying in the house of God is the day Jesus comes in and starts flipping things. It says, and Jesus went into the temple of God and cast out all of them that sold and bought in the temple and he overthrew or he flipped the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves and said unto them, It is written, My house shall be called a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. Church, it is time to flip this house. We need fasting. Matthew seventeen twenty one says, How be it, this kind goeth not out. But by prayer and fasting, we need to be in the house of God more than we have ever been in the house of God. Hebrews 10.25 says, And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of His return is drawing near. The old song says everybody ought to go to Sunday school. Church, we have 52 Sundays and we have 52 Wednesdays to make it happen. We have 52 to get it right. Don't waste one moment. But you see, the problem is there is too much DIY going on. You see it everywhere. DIY your own backyard. DIY your own cabinets. DIY your own bedroom. 
Do it yourself if you don't know what it is. People who think they can truly do it themselves. They tear down walls that they may never put back up and probably should have never been torn down. They, they lay foundation that is not stable. And they build things that will never stand. It is in a time like this when we say, I, I can't do this on my own. There are some problems, some obvious problems that may be visible and others that are probably hidden. But I don't want another DIY project. I need someone who knows what they are doing. God tries to help us out. He tries to step in, step in and fix it right away. And we say, it's okay, God, I can do it myself. But the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 3, For we are both God's workers, and you are God's field. You are God's building. Because of God's grace to me, I have laid the foundation like an expert builder. Now others are building on it. But whoever is building on this foundation must be very careful. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one we already have, Jesus Christ. Anyone who wants to build on that foundation may use a variety of materials. But on the judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. The fire will show if a person's work has any value. If the work survives, that builder will receive a reward. But if the work is burned, the builder will suffer great loss. Don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God? And that the Spirit of God lives in you. God will destroy anyone who destroys this temple. For God's temple is holy, and you are that temple. Stop deceiving yourselves if you think you are wise by this world's standards. You need to become a fool to be truly wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolish to God, as the Scriptures say. He traps the wise in the snares of their own cleverness. You better make sure you build this house. You build it to be a house of prayer. You better build this house to be a place for Him to dwell. The old song says, Lord, prepare me to be a sanctuary, pure and holy, tried and true. And with thanksgiving, I'll be a living sanctuary for you. Another one said, time is filled with swift transition." Not of earth unmoved can stand. Build your hope on things eternal. Hold to God's unchanging hand. Trust in Him who will not leave you. Whatsoever years may bring. If by earthly friends forsaken, still more closely to Him cling. Covet not this world's vain riches that so rapidly decay. Seek to gain the heavenly treasures. They will never pass away. When your journey is completed, if to God you have been true, fair and bright, the home and glory, your enraptured soul will view. Greater Life Church, we need to build our hope on things eternal. 
I am a pilgrim, a stranger in a strange land. And this house is just a temporal place. But he is preparing me a place. If you ask me if I'm surprised by the decision made this week, I was not. If you ask me if I think it will get worse, I do. But I will tell you one thing. I'm not going to let it slow me down because I have a house that I'm working on. I have a project that I'm trying to finish up here and I can't let anything distract me. I have a job I'm working on and I cannot allow myself to get distracted with what my neighbor's doing. And I have made up in my mind how I want to live. And they've made up in their mind how they want to live. And right now, his house does seem sometimes to be in ruins. But it's time we rebuild. We can have revival in the ruins. And it is time some men and women get to work. Our families depend on it. Our children depend on it. The future of the church depends on it. It would have been easy for Zerubbabel and Jeshua and all the people left in the land to say, Well, you know what? If we can't beat them, we might as well join them. It would have been easy for them to look at the house and say, It's in ruins. Perhaps it's not even worth saving. Perhaps we should get the wrecking ball and the bulldozer out here and just tear this thing down. The market is just not right for it. Perhaps we won't find any takers. Perhaps nobody will be looking for a place like this. But it says that they got to work, that they went up and got some timber and they began to build this temple. This place just isn't what it used to be, but God said, Be strong, for I am with you. And the future glory of this temple will be greater than its past glory. Well, it was pretty good back then. Well, it's going to be greater. Well, we had some awesome services. Well, it's going to be even greater. Well, He's done awesome things in my life. Well, it's going to be even greater. I don't know when the Lord is coming back. But I do know that it is soon. And I don't believe he is going to come back for a weak and anemic church. I don't believe he is coming back for a church that is hobbling and crawling just to stay alive. I believe his word is true. Bring your full tithe to the temple treasury so there will be ample provision in my temple. Test me in this and see if I don't open up heaven itself to you. And pour out a blessing. Beyond your wildest dreams. One translation said, I will pour out a blessing so great you won't even be able to contain it. He is coming back for a church that is seeing revival. He is coming back for a church that is on fire. But first we must flip this house. Lord, let it start in me. God, let it begin in this temple. The change I want to see, God, it must first begin right here in me. God, I've come today to flip this house. God, I've come today to do some construction in this place. God, to make sure that I am ready for your glory. To make sure that I am ready for whatever may come my way. God, perhaps there are some things underneath that I don't even see. 
God, today I have come to tell you I want to flip this house. God, I want to turn my life around. God, I want this place that seemed like it's in ruins. God, I, I want to resurrect something great in it. God, would you get to work? God, would you do something great in me? And when it starts right here, it will begin to work itself outwardly. It will begin to move on your neighbor. It will begin to move on the people on your street. And God said, that's right. That's right. Let's rebuild this temple. Let's get some things going here. Brother, sister, let's get to work. Grab some tools and let's do this. Let's all stand. Christopher Wren, who designed St. Paul's Cathedral in London, one of the world's most beautiful buildings, wrote about the reaction of some of the workers who were building that wonderful cathedral. And in their boredom and tiredness, they responded... When asked what they were doing, what, what is your job? What are you actually doing here? Said many of them responded by saying, I'm laying bricks or I'm carrying stones. But one worker who was mixing cement seemed cheerful and enthusiastic about his work. Asked what he was doing, he replied, I'm building a magnificent cathedral. Yes, I'm just one man, but I understand the big picture here. Yes, I'm just one person, but I, I can see it now. And I, I believe what the blueprint has told me. I've seen the preview of what can be if I would just get to work. And yes, there are times we get tired and there are times we get weak and we feel like, you know what, I, I just feel like I'm laying stones. I just feel like I'm carrying bricks from this place to that place and I'm not really doing much at all. But you're building a temple. You're building something magnificent every time you come into this place and you teach your children to be faithful. And you pray with these young people. And then you impart stories of those days of old. But God said that it's going to be greater. God said that there's going to be something awesome. God, I'm tired of planting and not harvesting. God, I'm tired of eating and not being filled. I'm tired of drinking and yet I'm still thirsty. God, I'm tired of my wages disappearing as though I was putting them in pockets with holes. Anybody been there? God, I've, I've had enough to drink that, that you'd think I'd be, I'd be content, God, but I'm here today because I'm still thirsty. God, there's more to this life than what I'm seeing in ruin right now. God, there's more to this life, God, than what I feel in my body right now. God, there's a temple that needs to be built. God, there is something that needs to be resurrected in this place. God, do a reconstruction. Tear down every wall I have built. Every part of me, God, remake me. God, create in me a clean heart. God, renew in me a right spirit today. God, this world needs a revival. 
God, your church needs to see a revival. God, I know right now perhaps I'm being negative, Lord, but when I look around, God, I don't see anything positive. God, every time I turn around, something else is happening. God, I I look at the churches, God, around, and I just, God, I get so confused. God, it's not what it used to be. God, it's not what it used to be. Oh, God, but I know your word is true. God, and in just a little while, God, you're going to start shaking some things.